Welcome back to the Sit and Ponder podcast, where we seek to think more deeply about the scriptures and to ask the tough questions. Take a minute, grab your favorite warm beverage, and get ready to sit and ponder. All right, folks, welcome back as we continue meditating on how Jesus describes what it means to be a disciple. Today, we're going to tackle another large disciple passage in the gospel where the actual word disciple is actually mentioned. Okay. I'm going to start with just an intro statement here to frame this podcast episode. Disciples abide in Jesus and bear much fruit. Okay, that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look in John 15. I want to ask a few questions first. What is your relationship with Jesus like? Would you describe it as an interaction that is deeper than just a group of convictions or ideas in your mind? Have you felt God and his presence? Last podcast episode, we spoke about the oneness we have in God. In this episode, we're going to continue along a very, very similar theme to that in John 15, which is just two chapters before the text we looked at last time. So let's read in John 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. All right, this is just a a very basic metaphor about pruning fruit trees, okay? Jesus, first of all, calls himself a true vine, and he calls his father the vine dresser in this parable. He begins this metaphor by saying that branches that don't bear fruit are done away with. The ones that do bear fruit are pruned by the father to bear more fruit, which is what you would actually do to a tree in order to get it to bear more fruit. This is all just a simple biological reality of fruit-bearing trees. If you prune them well, they bear more fruit. So now in the text, he's going to turn to speaking to the disciples to tell them how they fit in. He says, Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. So now the parable adds another character, Jesus' disciples. They are clean because of Jesus' words to them. Jesus is the vine and the disciples are the branches. And the Father is looking for fruit from the branches. Or the disciples. Jesus tells them that they cannot bear fruit by themselves. They need to abide, live, or remain in Jesus, and he abides in them. This is really important, folks. In Christianity, you do not, and I do not, do work for God. I do work with God. It's a huge difference. It's not like God just set out a bunch of commands and ideas and I just kind of in my own human strength try to obey them 
to the best of my ability. Jesus sets up a new way of thinking. His new way of thinking to what's commonly thought of in many religions is, no, you participate with me. You remain in me and I remain in you or live or abide. And then you bear fruit for apart from me. You can't bear fruit. You cannot do it by yourself. As we read on in that text above, this is where the metaphor gets a little strange because it says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So Jesus takes a little bit of liberty in the parable. I mean, in real life, branches don't choose to remain in the vine like this, this text is talking about. So there's a little bit of liberty taken here in the metaphor. In this particular metaphor, Apparently, a branch, which is a disciple, has a potential to not abide in the vine, and thus it will not bear fruit. So then the obvious question is, what does he mean by abiding in him? Or it could be translated living in him, or remaining in him, or making one's abode in him. This sounds like some kind of mystical union with Jesus, almost like the oneness of fellowship that Jesus prayed about in John 17 that oneness with Jesus and the Father. Let's look at 1 John 4, where John, the author of this text in John 15, elaborates a little more on this concept of abiding. He says, No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his Spirit. So one of the ways that we know that we're in God and God is in us is because we have this unique relationship with his spirit that he's put inside of us. And we've seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. That's a lot of repetition, folks. This abiding is obviously, from the way it's spoken about here, it's about oneness and connectedness with the life of God. It's about God in us, and it's also about his love being fully realized in us. It's about the love of God being perfected in us, it says in another place in 1 John. It's about his spirit being in us. It's about what love God has for us. We see so many equated realities here from a logic perspective, guys. Us abiding in God's love is simultaneous with us abiding in God himself. Since God is love, abiding in God is abiding in love because God is love. And love is a relational word and can't even exist as an idea outside the concept of relationship. So this abiding is about oneness. It's about relational connectedness. It's about feeling the love that God has for us and experiencing it. And it's about us tasting of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. Let's read on in John 15. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. So here's a criteria, guys. There's a lot of logic in here. I love logic. 
Whoever abides me in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. So this is the person that's bearing fruit, is the one who's living in and connected to Jesus in this manner. For apart from me, you can do nothing, Christ says. That's really a huge statement. We're going to talk about that in a minute. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. For the branches that don't abide in Jesus, or the disciples, quote-unquote, that don't abide in Jesus, they're good for nothing but a fire, okay? They're good for nothing but a fire. So this is key. Jesus revisits again here, guys, the idea of fruit. Remember, the vine dresser is looking for fruit. That's what this vine dresser is looking for. Fruit comes from abiding in Jesus, from our connectedness to the life of God in God's love. Jesus here defines what it means to do nothing. Key into this, folks. Anything apart from Jesus is defined as nothingness. This is a huge statement. Jesus is saying that the things we do apart from him don't have meaning. They truly amount to nothing in the context of a passage that's speaking about fruit. This is how important this connectedness to Jesus is, this remaining in, living in, abiding in Jesus. This connectedness based upon the love of God between us and Jesus, is essential to our actions being meaningful. If you read on, this text gets a little more specific about what it practically means to access this connectedness. Look what it says in verse 7 of that text. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Guys, this is an if-then statement. I'm a math teacher. Okay, so this is a statement of logic. If this happens, then this happens. Jesus connects abiding in him to having his words abide in us. Okay, the words of God, which for us is primarily scripture, right? Let's just look at some simple logic. Jesus is God. The scripture is God's word. Therefore, the scripture is Jesus' words. Okay, so this is speaking about the scripture. Abiding or living in God's word is now a part of this picture of abiding in Jesus. In the next podcast, I'm going to go really into detail about what it means to interact deeply with the scripture and how that connects us to abiding in Jesus. We'll mine that out more in the next podcast. But briefly stated for now, abiding in the words of God is one of the criteria for us asking whatever we wish, and it's done for us. Look what it says. If we abide in Jesus and his words abide in us, then the things we ask for in prayer are done for us. It doesn't just lead out with, whatever you ask for in prayer, you're going to get. It doesn't mean that if I ask for $1 billion, God's going to give me $1 billion. Okay, that's out of context. This is actually a huge if, guys. If I'm abiding in Jesus and his words are abiding in me, then it makes sense that I'm going to kind of be like Jesus. The desires of my heart and the musings of my mind are going to align with the heart of God, the desires of God, the passions of Christ, because I'm one with Jesus. I'm abiding in him. He's abiding in me. 
Therefore, I'm going to have my heart aligned to the things of God. And I'm going to have this like unbelievable opportunity to ask God to do things out of the outflow of my heart, which has been transformed by him, by his word. And he's going to, in cooperation with that, because I've been abiding in him, he's going to give me those things. And he's going to do those things. The if you abide is a big if that the fruitful prayer depends upon in this text. Okay? And so, if we abide in Christ and his words abide in us, the scripture abides in us, then we're going to have a prayer life. We're going to be able to ask the Lord for good and pure things, and the Lord is going to be happy to give those things to us. So the second half of the passage I just read illuminates kind of the second practical part of this abiding reality, which is fruitful prayer. Fruitful prayer. That asks God to do things out of the overflow of our love connectedness to Jesus or our abiding in Jesus and his words abiding in us. Let's read on. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Okay, this is why this is one of the disciple passages and how we, we define what a true disciple is because Jesus actually uses the word disciples. He says, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Read on. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Again, we're talking about this connectedness, this connectedness to the word of God, this connectedness to the love of God, this connectedness and oneness through the Holy Spirit of being in Christ and Christ being in us, living in us. So fruit comes up again. We keep recycling to fruit because the vine dresser is looking for fruit, folks, in us. Jesus connects abiding to what it means to be a true disciple. Disciples bear fruit and thus prove to be a disciple. Guys, it's a part of being a follower of Jesus that we are bearing fruit. That we are so connected to Jesus that our life is an outpouring of the fruit that God is looking for. We're going to mind that out a little bit more in the next couple podcasts, but there's all kinds of fruit of being a follower of Jesus and being connected and, and remaining in and living in Jesus that should be manifested in our life. And again, we see here that connection to the love of God. Love is mentioned because it says, as the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. Abide in my love. Here we see that relational connectedness, that intimacy, that oneness with Jesus. So here's a little bit of logic again. We abide in Jesus, his words abide in us, and we abide in his love. And then in this text, we see a little bit more practicality in what it means for us to abide. It says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. We practically abide, not just by having his words in us, not just by exercising fruitful prayer, 
out of the overflow of our connection to Jesus and our transformed heart, but we also practically abide in Jesus and his love by keeping his commands and practicing obedience to his commands. Again, we're back to scripture, guys. His commands are from the scripture primarily. So we don't just need to know the scripture and interact with God's word, but we must obey them just as Jesus obeyed the commands. We're going to mind that out more in the next podcast, as I said before. Let's read on. I have called you friends for all that I've heard from my father I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Again, we're back to fruit again. And that your fruit should abide or remain so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. Here again, we come back to fruit and the kind of fruit we're looking for that we know of for sure in this text is that the words of God abide in us, that we obey those commands and those words, and that we have fruitful prayer because our hearts are aligned with Jesus because of our oneness and connection to him through these other things we've been talking about. Jesus ends the passage speaking about them as friends. Can you see the relational theme and overtone throughout this entire text? Friendship. This text is about abiding in love. It's about friendship and oneship with Christ. And practically, as a summary here, this is cultivated by obedience to Scripture, to having Scripture abiding in us or the words of God abiding in us, and by asking God to do things that are sourced from our abiding in Jesus-oriented life. So let me ask you a few questions. How close are you to Jesus? Does he feel like a friend? Are you abiding in his love? Do you actually experience his love? There's so many of us who I think walk through life with a lot of theology and ideas about God, but we don't have a sense of that connectedness to God, that passion, that oneness, that abiding in, that, that like passion for the Word of God, that passion for praying and seeking God and knowing Him as a friend. Practically, What is your everyday relationship with the Word of God like, the Scripture? And what kinds of things are you moved in your heart to ask God to do that is born out of that connectedness to Jesus and His words? Are you passionate? Is spending time with Jesus in prayer and in his word something that's like a craving to you, something you long for? On that note, let's just call it a day. In the next sessions, we will dive deeper into what abiding in Jesus looks like practically in some of the areas just mentioned. In particular, we'll examine two main subtopics under the banner of abiding in Jesus. 
and we'll take as many episodes as we need to get through these two topics because I think they're so huge because they're all about our um, experiential intimacy with God through Christ. It's all about us living in his love, abiding in his love, and experiencing his friendship through our union with Christ in the Holy Spirit. So the first topic we're going to hit, and it may take more than one podcast to get through this, I'm going to just let it ride as long as it takes, is we're going to talk, what, talk about what it means to abide in his words. We'll look at what it looks like to deeply commune with God through his word. What is deep scripture study and meditation? What is meditation on scripture in general? How do we learn to truly love interacting with God's words in the scripture? And why is scripture truly awesome? And the second topic we're going to hit is this topic of prayer and fruitful prayer. We're going to talk about how prayer works, how abiding in Jesus and his words abiding in us affects our prayer life. We're going to talk about how prayer deepens our relationship with God, how it's a ton more than just talking into the air for 30 minutes and laying out a few prayer requests, okay? And we're going to talk about how specifically does God meet us supernaturally in prayer like a friend. So for now, this is Tom Wells signing off. And until next time, take some time to sit and ponder.